Yo, what's good? I hope you're having a great week so far and you're doing very well. My name is Eric Shaori and welcome to another episode of A Kenyan's Experience. On today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Victor Anyango. Victor and I go way back to high school days back in Strathmore School in Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, he was actually in my brother's class. So that's why I got to meet the homie, got to know him. And it's been a while since I spoke to him, so we caught up and you know talked about his his journey since 844 to go and do his undergrad in the u.s to return to kenya to work for a bit then return to the u.s to do his masters and now he lives and he works there so he's going to share his experience and perspective of life you know from a personal an academic and a career kind of perspective so i had fun doing this interview and i'm pretty sure we all have something to learn from his story so hope you do enjoy it and uh always looking forward to hearing your feedback All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of A Kenyan's Experience, the podcast, chilling with your host, Eric Shaori. I will be doing this interview solo dolo. My other co-hosts, like I always say, you know, we're international, so everyone's in a different time zone. But uh, usually when I got an interview with someone who's on this western part of the world, um, I usually handle it alone because of time difference. So yeah, today I will be joined uh, in the studio session with Victor Anyango. Victor, how I came to meet and get to know Victor is through my brother, Steve. Victor and Steve were high school classmates. And, you know, that's where, uh, you know, the boys, that's where the, the, the gang formed. And uh, so Victor, I've had the privilege of keeping up with Victor just from his LinkedIn profile. I was like, man, this guy's been doing big things. So I, you know, hit him up and I was like, man, I'd love the opportunity to just uh, hear your story. And, uh, you know, you share your story with uh other Kenyans uh, back home in the diaspora and just anyone who finds themselves in a, you know, a, in high school, uni, or in the professional career, and they've got questions about what your experience has been like. And uh, so, yeah, Victor, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How are you doing? Yeah, brother? anytime. Can't complain. I can't complain. You yeah. Know, uh, enjoying life. That's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, life's been good, you know, obviously. Yeah. Pandemic is nothing um, that we really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was back home like a few weeks ago. That curfew life was tough. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so, and I'm, but that's the world we live in today. So, yeah, you know, but other than that, you know, here in Dallas, we, we we're relatively open. I mean, even with Delta variant, but. Mm. We're relatively open. We're relatively free. Everyone kind of has the vaccine, mm. so we're moving freely. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a guy like you, who's uh, who's been in the states for a few years, you know, when you go back to Kenya and you have your your, your freedoms and your rights curtailed like that, I bet that uh, you're a bit angry, eh? Hakiye too, eh? <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> when you go back home, as soon as you get off the plane, you must understand where you are. Yeah. So yeah. you know. You're back home, you know. You, you the mindset shifts immediately. It's like a switch. The, eh? It's like a switch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even the, even if you have any accent, I say the work accent, or you yeah. know that that, that could as soon as you land, you let it go. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just. Forget Otherwise, it. guys are coming for you. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. in fact, if you ever get to fly with Kenya Airways, that's one thing I like about Kenya Airways. You can leave the mm-hmm. the, the the international you at the, mm-hmm. at the foreign airport before you even, <laughs> as soon as you board the plane, you're reminded, all right. As soon as you, the airs just will get you right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. switch up to swear a bit uh you you're set mm. you're set yeah yeah then you, you can't a... <laughs> leave that plane with your own oh, my rights mm. oh yeah you'll uh, find yourself in big trouble at home yeah fair enough yeah that is lesson number one people lesson number one from victor nyango trust him he he knows he knows you know you better have that switch <laughs> you you need to have that switch you know yeah. sometimes people come over here you know you've been here for a while and if you don't go back very often, you acclimatize. Yeah. And then when you go back, yeah. you have to reacclimatize to being a Kenyan as well. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like people lose that how they used to relate to you. It's then true. they're looking at you funny. Mm-hmm. You know, then you become the foreigner. And one thing you don't want to be in Kenya is the foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 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 gonna find myself in that kind of predicament because it's been a while for me since I've been home, uh, yeah. and you know, I'm, I I need to start practicing uh, how to use that switch, right? <laughs> hey, you you need to you need to call some people up, you know, those cousins who only speak to you in Swa. Yeah, like like the latest Sheng, if you can, all of that. Yeah. Oh man, that's a nice way to start off, Victor. You know, a nice humbling uh, a reminder there to uh, everyone in the diaspora when you're going back home, including myself. Yeah. But yeah, so Victor, yeah. Um, you know, we can just get straight into it, man. You know, yeah, we started yeah. talking a bit earlier, and I was like, let me save this convo for the for when we hit record. You know, so you can so everyone can get that raw uh, that raw story. So, you know, first uh, first thing I'd ask you, Victor, is if you can. Please share with us, you know, who Victor Anyango is. If you can give us a quick background from, you know, uh, I'd say from your days in high school leading up to where you're at today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like to think of myself as just, you know, a regular Kenyan guy, um, born and raised, went through 844 through and through, you know, class 2 to, eight, to form 4, all those um, kind of struggles, no soft life here. Um, and as time has progressed, you know, I've gotten to experience different things, but, um, I just like to think of myself as the Kawaii Kenyan guy chasing my dream somewhere, but, um, always linked back to him. Mm. Yeah. And like, yeah, high school, um, I already kind of started you off there. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess I can go quickly through my. I guess my CV. So mm-hmm. where yeah. me and Steve actually met was in class three or class four, actually. Oh yeah, in when Saints. I was in Saints. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh, you're a Saints guy. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints I'm guy. Sure. So I would be. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. Saints guy from class three. All right. Uh, Steve was in gold. I was in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you know other guys like Eric went red, me and Kibati, Paul went blue. Mm-hmm. These are guys who eventually came to um, Strat with me in high school. Yeah. But what I did different was I moved to Strat in seven because my parents caught wind that it's easier to join high school mm-hmm. from the primo section oh. than to come from Saints, finish class eight. Yeah. You have to have like a minimum four. 
four or five, like yeah. 410 versus, you know, from Strath, you could come in with like a 390 easy, mm-hmm. um, which ended up being the case because KCP ended up getting like the 393, not a horrible mark, but like mm-hmm. coming from Saints, I think it would have been a tougher order to get into Strath yeah. High School. Mm-hmm. And I did get in even before I got my KCP results. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, yeah. yeah, credit to my folks. You know, they thought about That's that. Forward thinking, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. that was forward thinking. At the time, I was just thinking, like, damn, I'm going yeah, from, they're breaking up the gang. Eh? <laughs> you know, my guys are here. You know, yeah. big plans to play ball this year. Yeah, yeah, um, things you didn't think about in class six. So, mm. um, and then in high school, kind of went through Strath. Strath was a bit of an adjustment from Saints because mm-hmm. Strath is like super strict mm-hmm. um, about everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right? You had to be on point. I mean, you were there, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were not I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak right. about other things, but you, you yeah. know, you were there, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, you had to be on point through and through. So That's right. it took some adjusting and then Strath also like Coming from Saints, I was always like top five, easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether you studied or not, you were top five. Yeah. Um, you know, you come to start, you, you don't study yeah. for one cut and bro, you're in quarter four. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're in quarter four, you're like mm-hmm. 30 people ahead of you. Like, uh, it's, it, it's a humbling experience every time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, in Kenya, that ranking is everything. If you go home yeah, and your exactly. dad is like, "You're in what?" You're like, yeah. "Man, they you don't, don't even want they. to go home, right?" <laughs> they don't get it. Eh? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, th- that was Strath in a nutshell. High school, mm. you know, met all these guys who still to this day, like, oh, these are still all my guys. You know, every time I go back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big reunion for me. Just going, hulling it any and everyone, you know, meeting yeah. up with the guys. Um, I think that's one thing that Strath afforded me. That's like priceless. Like those the relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. With, with any and everyone who's in my class too. Right? Not yeah. not like specific cliques or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Which we see a lot of in others schools other classes but um specifically for 09 it was one big let's call it one big clique or one big you know mm-hmm. gang group of, of <laughs> gangs or whatever you want to call it yeah so and you know still going strong till today yeah um so strathman i can't recommended enough if i have kids one day i might throw them over there yeah you know i feel yeah, yeah. yeah. so you that's know, the right post- that's the right way to put it you will throw them over there like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> mm-hmm. like especially if you know you have kids here you take them to strath yeah like that's going to be an adjustment problem yeah. mm-hmm. there'll be some resistance Uniform. at first but uh yeah <laughs> Hey, listen, when you come out, I feel like every time people leave Strap, they say the same thing. Form four, class yeah. eight, they say the same thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. Same the experience here, yeah. was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Strath Uni to an, to an extent. So there's something they're doing right Yeah, over there. But mm-hmm. when you're in it, you're like, 
shit, I can't wait to be out, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. So, you know, just like everything in life, you appreciate it a lot more when mm. you leave. Yeah. Um, so post-strap, you know, came stateside. Um, mm. For me, I ended up going to a smaller school, uh, historically black school in South Carolina. All right. Um, South Carolina State University. Mm-hmm. Good school for what it was. Um, uh, I was lucky because, like, you know, you come here to the States, you see all these white folks, all these Hispanic people for the first time, like mm-hmm. people that don't look like you. Then you go to a historically black school. Everyone is black. Mm-hmm. Um, black folks over here tend to, you know, uh, you know, once they take you as their own, you, it's one big happy family. Yeah. So the the, the school felt like like a family environment. That's know, awesome. Um, yeah. It's close with, you know, I was, you'd be walking in school and shit, you'd be late because you're just hollering at everyone on the way to class. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was only more um, prevalent, especially after I pledged the fraternity. So, you know, that came with its little notoriety or, mm-hmm. you know, fame or whatever, you know, hey, he's uh, connected to that Divine Nine group. They they step or they throw parties or they do community service events. Mm-hmm. That only added to the experience over here. And, um, yeah, I remember that was also one of my folks' choices that they made. To me, I wanted to go to Cornell, mm-hmm. but... Um, between the two, I think for undergrad, it's probably better that I went there because, like, those friendships, relationships, those networks that I made there, I don't think I'd have made in any other school. Like, right now, any state in the, in the US, like, I know someone there, I can just be like, yo, I'm coming through to LA or whatever. I need a spot to crash. And uh, so, uh, I think that was another benefit of going to that school. Uh, I would say the downside of going to it is relatively smaller school, not as mature. So, like coming out of there, like finding like a proper job in the states was super difficult because employers don't really know it like that, or it's not like a grand school. So you're like, oh, you went to where? Okay, cool, nice story. So. What I ended up doing was um, going back home and working at Safaricom at the time. And there, you know, just the clout of, hey, this guy went to school in the States is is enough to get you in. Um, so I leveraged that. And obviously I knew someone inside as well. Because um, just like everywhere here back home, you need to know someone inside. True. Um, to get the really good opportunities. And to get like to get into like Southcom is super difficult, I think. Um, so I was able to jump in there, work for strategy and innovation, worked with so many decent folks out there. Um, they gave me so much exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out as an intern, and like I was an intern in Bob Colomo's office. So like, mm. you know. At some point, I even built that relationship with him. That was so. Just those opportunities, even though the cash is not coming in, but like mm-hmm. 
just the opportunity to be like, yeah, you know, I have Bob's number. You know, that was something mm-hmm. that like you can't get this is somewhere else, right? That gas, eh? uh, it's it's it's, it's yeah. nice gas. Yeah, that's some nice gas. You know, you go out <laughs> on the weekend, you're like, bro, I can call Bob like, right I now. Can't, yeah, don't play with me. Yeah, right? yeah. I'll, uh, I'll hold the card, but I can use it anytime. Eh? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hold it, bro. I can I can hit him up right now. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. Um. So that was my experience there, but um, I think after like some time, I hit the proverbial kind of what next right mm. um do i stay here uh pursue a master's or um you know i'm i really wasn't a fan of doing postgraduate education because mm-hmm. i always thought like undergrad is enough like anything you learn yeah. in your master's is whatever it's just to get you into a door mm-hmm. right and I don't know if I still hold that as true now, but uh, it depends on the day, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I still think, you know, coming in, master's, the whole student loan thing, mm-hmm. hey, if you can get into the door without it, I would say don't do it. But mm-hmm. um, if you can't, that opens up tons of doors. Right? Mm-hmm. So when I came back, I thought, I'm going to go do my master's, but at a more kind of well-known school um, mm-hmm. at a solid program that when you say like you I went and did IT at Virginia Tech like all right that'll ring bells here it'll ring bells anywhere right mm-hmm. um, sure there was a shooting also in 2007 oh. but it's 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 kind of no it's a known school so yeah. when you come so when I went there like employers were recruiting there heavily for jobs out in DC, New York, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of something that you learn when you think forward. Um, you, like, yeah, uni is fun, mm-hmm. but you always have to think about what next. So like when you finish uni, mm-hmm. who's gonna be recruiting me out of here, right? That's right. So, you know, you go to Florida, Florida is nice, great weather, but who's recruiting out of there, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going from Florida to work on Wall Street? Hmm, sure. Well, it's tougher than like going to NYU and then just going across because that's where they're recruiting from. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of something you always have to think about is the name of the school still matters mm-hmm. to an extent in yeah. terms of opening doors. And, you know, the bigger the name, the more doors it'll open up. Um, and then coming when you're choosing, like also like the States versus the UK versus Australia versus Canada, mm-hmm. I think, um, you always have to think about like, where is it easier to get into, um, where's it easier to remain and work after uni, mm-hmm. um, and also kind of the culture and the environment and your support system as well so if you have family here yeah makes sense to come here if you have family in the uk like makes sense to go over there mm-hmm. uh, uk is a different culture i feel like guys went there you know all the kenyans hang out with each other so it was like little nairobi in mm-hmm. leeds or manchester or wherever mm-hmm. um so 
but that's kind of that experience here. I think you come here can be super difficult in comparison, but you're forced to kind of have friends from everywhere. Um, you're forced to experience this American lifestyle over here. It's very driven mm-hmm. more so than I've seen in many of the, these countries. And so, so if you're not a super driven individual, it can be really tough. And, you know, Canada, like where you guys, I mean, it's just cold, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that's that's one of the more <laughs> well-known qualities of the place. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there's so many positives, but you know, the first thing that always comes—that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like it's just cold. Yeah. You know, there's so many. Like they're doing so much stuff to attract talent. You know, yeah. in the Trump era, like I know a couple of people were moving Crossed out over, because yeah. yeah, over there they value kind of that education and. Those, those kind of skill sets. Um, mm. So I think it would be easier to go and have a career there out of uni with yeah. like you're just starting out with, without getting like going through the hoops of, you know, coming here on a student visa, waiting for someone to sponsor you in an H1B or getting married, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of hoops. Yeah. Um, so then I ended up coming to Virginia Tech out of there, started working at a bank out in Pittsburgh, also in the like, innovation role, uh, PNC Bank. It's regional, but mm-hmm. it's now like the fifth largest commercial bank in the States. Um, mm-hmm. So they're really growing. And then late last year, beginning of this year, I ended up moving to Goldman Sachs out here in Dallas, um, doing regulatory uh, kind of work for them as well mm-hmm. and so that's kind of been the journey to where i am today mm-hmm. man that's a that's an awesome exciting uh journey and it's it's one of those journeys where uh, my favorite well my least favorite kind of kind of journeys but the only journeys i know of where there's no mm-hmm. straight path you know, yeah. it's like left yeah. and right, up and down, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, f- mm-hmm. just to like, you know, recap what you just said, you know, 844 at Saints, transferred mm-hmm. to Strath. And then, uh, you know, you finished your KCSC, went to South Carolina State Uni, where yeah. you did a bachelor's in accounting. Uh, yeah. You actually graduated summa cum laude, which is yeah. something only here uh, on reality TV shows uh, from the U.S., <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Listen, you, uh, on LinkedIn, you have to throw everything that yeah, you yeah. can <laughs> ring a bell. Like, Soma, okay. Yeah. Sounds exciting. You're like, yeah. You yeah, don't leave that one exciting. behind. That's right. But nope, you yeah. have to include any and everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you do deserve it. So that's good, you know. And then yeah. uh, you said, you know, after you finished your, your undergraduate degree, you went back to Kenya, worked for a mm. bit, and then you decided to pursue, you know, uh, grow your professional uh, experience in the U.S. So you came back to the U.S., did your master's degree in uh, accounting and information systems. And then uh, yeah. after you finished your master's, then you now got your first job in the States uh, at a bank, a commercial bank. And uh, yeah. now you're at your second job, uh, which is with Goldman Sachs. Uh, man, that's a really impressive um 
you know, that's, that's, that's good experience right there. That's good experience. If only someone can, you know, bottle up what you've got and sell it. I'm sure that would sell for a good price, you know, because that's, that's some good I experience. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's that what this just... podcast ought to be. It, it, it pretty much is that. We're just, you know, encapsulating all that experience and serving it to the audience, right? So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. yeah. Victor, if I can take mm-hmm. you back now to, you know, to high school, that last year in uh, Form 4, because I'm assuming, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's in Form 4 that you now start applying to unis, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, like, uh, you have options in Kenya, you know, you studied accounting, which is something you could study in Kenya. So mm-hmm. where was your mind, uh, your mind state when you're thinking of going to the States? And, you know, like you said, you had a few options. You were thinking, you know, maybe like Cornell. Um, and then you came across... Uh, or I guess your parents recommended South Carolina. So what was your mind state? Why, why did you think of going uh, abroad? Um, I would say in high school, what I was thinking was not something I'd proudly say yeah. now. Like, yeah, well, this is why we want to come to the States. So yeah. We thought we were going to be like famous physicists or... You know, and you're like, all right, where can I do that? The States, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I'm going to go to a name brand school and become this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very, like, dreamy up in the clouds type. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go start my own Google or start my yeah. own Microsoft. Which is good. Um, Which is, it's good to have that kind of, uh, like you say, dream world kind of yeah. uh, aspirations nothing wrong with that yeah yeah so and so it was yeah okay so where do you do that at right and Mm. so you think silicon valley right where's Mm. that in the u.s Mm. okay boom how do i get to the u.s um and so you know in stuff we have these um tutors um so my tutor at the time was anosha a uh, well-known Italian guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to teach religion there. And he'd be like, yeah, if you want to go to the States, you know what you have to do. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, you just take the SATs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it started from there, like midway through Form 4, like you're, you're studying for KCSE relentlessly. And then like, oh, shit, I have to do SATs. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so my folks are like, you know, just wait until you finish, then you'll take it then. And then we start looking at like, when are deadlines for applications? Mm. I was like, there's no, I'm going to make it if I wait mm. post KCSE. And then after KCSE, I'm going to want to relax. Mm-hmm. So uh, ended up like having to study for it. Um, be, it was after I took mocks. Mm-hmm. And um, together with like some other guys at school, yeah, um, who also like, yeah, we're going to the states, like, shit, we're gonna go need date Vanessa Hudgens, something like that. Mm. You know, <laughs> just the things we used to say were just yeah. wild. Yeah, I remember me and my boy Gilly had a bet. He's like, yo, I'm gonna date the most famous mommy. I'm like, cool, that's bet. Yeah, and like. <laughs> Honestly, that was driving us like even chop for those yeah, CSATs. Yeah. That's good. Like, That's, yeah. I, I, I need to be in one of these. Mm? 
you need to be in one of these schools with these famous mummies, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you, so we'd like go online and you're like, where does this chick go to school? Boom, yeah. she's in NYU. Shit, even me, I want to go to NYU then. Yeah, Boom. yeah. I had a chance of meeting mamas or whatever. Like, yeah. It was <laughs> Those so are the important stupid. things uh, to a Form 4 student at the, at the time. All the important <laughs> things to a Form 4 is mamas. Where can I find them? Yeah. You've been at a boys' school. Yeah. Mama's right. Yeah. But um I mean, yeah, now you think like, okay, that was dumb, but at the same time those thoughts are what drove us towards coming here and pursuing mm-hmm. the best that this place had to offer, right? That's right. Um so they're not all bad. Not at all. In yeah. that it drives you to, you know, pursue, you know, the the clouds. If you fall Absolutely. short you know you're still up there right? absolutely so yeah naturally i can uh i can report that none of us dated anyone famous yeah um, so you guys so, uh you missed the target but uh yeah at least you still made us, it out here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know none yeah. of us are physicists and winning the nobel peace prize but, but you're still you, doing pretty well yeah <laughs> you know i ended up doing accounting didn't yeah. even do the physics right yeah um mm. but it was those silly thoughts that pushed us to like hey let me go do this sat mm-hmm. and then you know we went to one of these sat prep schools yeah yeah somewhere in westy opposite unga house i don't know if it's still there mm-hmm. but over there they were like yeah you know in the u.s if you get 1800 in your sat you're good in Kenya, you must get two thousand and above yeah. for them to consider you. Yeah. So you're thinking, cool, yeah. I need to do this two thousand. So you, you know, you're chopping, you're doing KCSC stuff, you're chopping SAT stuff. Mm-hmm. SATs come like you know, you've done like a hundred tests. Yeah. Um, and those schools really prepare you, and they give you like all the resources they mm-hmm. can, all the information for unis. They introduce you to College Board. Mm-hmm. So they give you kind of everything, then it's right. up to you to deliver, at least on the SAT piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up doing that. Um, I got like fairly decent grades for yeah. a Kenyan. Mm-hmm. Um, so above I think 2000, everyone, well above. Eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I think everyone in my year got like at least 1900 and above. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking, I mean, you okay, guys were cool. in Strath. That was pretty much like... Uh, Quarter three, <laughs> great. <laughs> right, right. You're thinking, e, 1900. Yeah, like, hey, you get, you yeah, there's no relative. You, you know, you mm-hmm. can't compare it with the 844 system you're doing. So it's like, yeah. But, you, you know, the that discipline you had already, you know, being pushed to be a high performer in school uh, yeah. helped you, you know, uh, with your results for the SATs. Eh? Ex- exactly. So mm-hmm. once, you know, getting through SATs, then it became like, applying to schools mm-hmm. um so naturally your thought is to apply to the schools you've heard of yeah of course i'd never heard of like south carolina state but i'd heard of like the usc's cornell mm-hmm. mit the harvard ivy leagues, eh? mm-hmm. leagues right mm-hmm. and then a few other schools that you've maybe seen on like the oc or yeah, yeah. Or some OC, shit, right? one tree hill and uh, <laughs> one tree hill you're like oh, jersey you shore <laughs> exactly right so anything you've heard of like you yeah. know, that's where I'm sending my apps. Right? Same here, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever looked at like rankings. Yeah, like 
forward ranking. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I don't I don't care about Wisconsin. Or even diversity. Things like diversity don't want mm-hmm. on your mind, right? No, no. Mm-hmm. Like I had no I didn't care if everyone around me was white at the time. Yeah. You know? Mm. You're just like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to live this life mm-hmm. that I've seen on television. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah. Someone will send me pocket money, hopefully. Whatever, right? Yeah. And then, so you, you send those out, you know? If you're a smart guy, you get into one or two or three of them. Mm-hmm. And then comes the tough part of, like, financial. Mm-hmm. Like, these schools out here are super expensive, you know? Yeah. Unless your parents really really want like you to be spending like five six million Kenya shillings a year in school Mm -hmm. like you have to figure out scholarships and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and that's kind of where you were like introduction to like the u.s and the systems here and like yeah this shit is not that easy after all yeah um so and if i may if i may get on on that um you know, Victor, because like now we're, we're, you know, before one last question I want to exhaust uh, before now you we start getting into the uni experiences. Uh, so you mentioned you worked with a, a private, one of these private uh, uh, admission or recruiting centers. Um, and was that only for uh, SAT purposes? Like you, they were, they were a registered center and you could do your SATs there. Or did you say also that they helped you with the university application processes as well? No, yeah, they help you with everything. Okay, yeah, that's that's amazing because that's that's one thing I found out from my own experience applying to the U.S. and mm-hmm. uh, like to Canada. Those are the only two countries I applied for, and uh, like the Canadian one, it's it seemed simple enough. You don't need to do any other exams. It seemed mm. simple enough. You can do it yourself. But the U.S. one seemed much tougher, and I couldn't. You can't do it by yourself because <clears throat> you have to do SATs, for example. Um, yeah. I actually made uh, the mistake of applying to some universities without SATs uh, just because yeah. I missed the deadline and all that. And I still applied and I paid the cash, which is like a, maybe a hundred or so dollars application yeah. just down the drain. If you don't have SATs, don't even bother, right? So, I mean, having that center, you know, your you know, something that's really also impressive. You're doing, a, you know, your KCSE exams, which is which is a lot. And, you know, yeah. SAT books, unless anything has changed, those things were thick. They were like yeah, yeah. as thick as a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot of pressure. But, you know, yeah, having that, having that cent- uh, private center to help you with that process definitely lightens the load, eh? Yeah. And they, they, they give you a lot of info um, about colleges and schools here that you're not just going to randomly stumble on on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also the internet, you have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're just going around in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really help you out there. Um, whether you enter to the UK, the US, Canada, Australia, mm. they have their connects everywhere and they prepare you for, hey, this is what's to come. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely, like, if you want to go abroad, don't do it yourself. Like, mm-hmm. go to one of them. Yeah. And um, they really assist. Some schools now... Um, to their credit, 
are preparing the students for working abroad. So like mm-hmm. my sister went to RVA mm-hmm. and granted RVA is a US system school. But the kind of prep that she had was mm-hmm. way different. So when she was coming out of school, like yeah, she had me, but she also had like her school mm-hmm. and they had all these connections and when she was applying to these bigger schools, like she was getting in with mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Right, because she had all the right stuff. She had done mm-hmm. SATs three times. She had mm-hmm. ACTs. She had a GPA. Like we didn't have GPAs. Yeah, we're like, well, what's your average? Sixty. Yeah, is that good? <clears throat> you don't know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Turn to As Google. KCSE mm-hmm. converter. KCSE SAT converter. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and stuff like my GPA, I remember I went to Mudiora's office and then they calculated it after the fact, right? Mm. Um, but if I if you had known that from Form 2, like what would you have done differently, right? Mm. Yeah. If I'd have taken it. Cut mm. 2 more seriously. Because, mm. mm. right, Cut 1, whatever. Mm. You pass, cut two. All right, I'm going to pass it so I can play rugby. Mm-hmm. Cut three comes. I already played rugby, so now I'm just fine. Yeah. Uh, but down the line, then you're like, oh, well, cut three is counting towards my GPA. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. If only I had known. If only you had known. Um, so I think that's some place where Kenyan schools don't, like, they don't tell you how serious some of these remedial exams could be if you want to go mm. to to school abroad later on. Yeah. So uh, it's like the story ends <clears throat> at the school. So if you're in form one, form four, it's like they they're there for you as far as form four. And you know that's also something uh, uh, I've been hearing um, from other people I've interviewed, but from different like the ones who did GCE system, for example. Not all mm. GCE schools as well are. <clears throat> as forward looking into the students' uh, futures as you know you'd hope they could be, you know, because I mean, as a student, uh, you know, you still don't know a lot. So yeah. the school deals with students; it's stu- that's their business. You know, they, you know, I believe they should, you know, be the ones who take it upon themselves the initiative to prepare you for what you don't know. You know, beyond. Yeah. Uh, University and yeah, some schools do that very well, <clears throat> and props to them. But you know, there are other schools where um, you know it could be really beneficial to the students if uh, they could better prepare them, right? So yeah, and you know, and that's that's where we come in now with our podcast, just to fill in that gap to be like you know, right. well, now hearing it from people who've been there, let's not keep repeating the same you know uh, mistakes or mistakes, you know, right? Generation after generation, let's. Uh, Speak about it. See how uh, we can help the next gen uh, navigate these yeah. waters, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, so. and, and you know that's not to say like GCE is better than eight four four. I think there no. are some um, places where eight four four really is super helpful. Mm-hmm. And then there are some places where like you know coming to the states, they're like, okay, now you need to write a ten page paper. Mm-hmm. I only ever wrote compositions and full scabs, right? Yeah, yeah, inches <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a two-page insha is already asking for so much. 
<laughs> hey, two page insha in 40 minutes you're like yeah. okay yeah you've done three pages like mm-hmm. fine like now you you have to like jump on a computer and figure out double spacing and yeah how many words seven thousand words how many pages that fills in yeah and things like those that are a bit annoying mm-hmm. they're the annoyances of not you know, like going through 844 and then coming here and then because mm. that know, like, that is a huge transition would you would you say to that like <clears throat> coming from 844 um and like you you didn't have that gap or rather that bridge where you did like ib or a levels you just went from form four straight to to uni in the states what was that like for you on yeah. an academic uh on an academic uh level like making that transition from one system to another what was that like for you? Do you feel like eight for four prepares uh, students for that American system good enough? Um, I'd say maybe not so much eight for four, but the school you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely an adjustment, especially when it comes to grading. Like you know, eight for four A is up to seventy five. Mm-hmm. So in the back of your mind, you know, I can miss 25 points and I still have an A. Yeah. And then you come here and an A is 93. Yeah. You've probably never seen a 93 ever <laughs> in an 844 school. And yeah, if you have, right. kudos to you. Yeah. But me, I'd never seen anything above like an 85, 86. Yeah. Like, and that was like in business studies. I think in sports, yeah. you, you're a sportsman. I think you got an A in sports, eh? Yeah, but you know, in sports, you just get A. You just get A. You don't get like ninety two. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so you come here and someone is telling you, yeah, an A is um ninety three, and an A minus is ninety one, yeah. and a B plus starts from eighty nine. Yeah. You're like, hold on a minute. What's what's a seventy three? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. <laughs> what is a seventy three? Yeah. C plus. Yeah. You're like. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. that's when you're like yeah you know, yeah. You know yeah right? like <laughs> all, all those tricks you used to do in in form three form four like all right mm-hmm. i'm just going to write enough to get six points yeah yeah i don't have time i'm gonna do six points i know those six points yeah Boom. Mm-hmm. and then coming here you think like everything switches over to like multiple choice mm-hmm. and 844 sometimes it doesn't prepare you for how absolute multiple choice is mm-hmm. you can't snag two points in multiple choice it's all or nothing yeah um and it's not as easy as people think yeah just because it's multiple sometimes. choice doesn't mean it's <laughs> it's yeah. easy right yeah sometimes like in accounting or whatever other classes you should take there's a different way you can land on every single one yeah, of the options yeah. and you're so sure that you're right eh? and you're <laughs> so sure that you're right because you've calculated it and you're like this is it yeah and then it's wrong yeah um so you know you have to get out of that mindset of hey i can do just enough to get eight points and that's mm-hmm. good enough mm-hmm. um to like it's all or nothing and that's kind of that absolute nature of you know multiple choice is 
and it's not easy either mm-hmm. take some adjusting to and then other also the like the english here is um maybe in canada it's different but the us english here is like off you know mm-hmm. they don't have u's where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. everything has a z instead of an s that's right yeah there's a z and they penalize you for those silly mistakes mm-hmm. um and then like also like the english is not as good as you think it is mm-hmm. yeah like people write and i used to read like my roommates papers and I'm like bro do you not know what punctuation is yeah. like, do you not know <laughs> coming from mm-hmm. you the african mm-hmm. you're like <laughs> you're going to teach me mm-hmm. i'm like my friend you can't start a sentence with because i mean yeah. what's wrong with you mm-hmm. why Fact. yeah because and you know that's something like acceptable here yeah, like yeah this, so you know coming from stratford my english teacher was of the highest standards so yeah over there it's british it's proper a, so proper eh? it's proper yeah, yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> you come in they're just doing nonsense in an english class like yeah um it takes time to adjust to the mm-hmm. you know the english here also mm-hmm. um and the way of life sure they don't take their english seriously but they take their mm-hmm. everything else somewhat seriously or you know and then here even when you think about for us maths mm-hmm. was one subject like mal is a subject here there's algebra there's calculus mm-hmm. yeah is trigonometry and yeah. you're taking that as different classes mm-hmm. geometry mm-hmm. um so a lot a lot of adjusting of eh yeah there's a lot of adjusting mm-hmm. but i think if you have any kind of decency in any kind of mathematics mm-hmm. in 844 coming here will be the breeze of a lifetime yeah because because guys just suck at it and mm-hmm. like you go to uni and it's just ah mm-hmm. you're teaching me things i learned in form two you know <laughs> like yeah algebra was a joke for me like i did all the homeworks in one week yeah. and then the rest of the class i told the teacher like listen i don't want to waste your time <laughs> And also me coming to your class will be a waste of my time. Yeah, yeah. And the teacher was an Ethiopian guy yeah. and he was like, "Where are you from?" He was like, oh, "I'm from Kenya." Like, okay, cool. Just hand in all the homeworks. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then everything was right. <laughs> everything was right. Yeah. Literally like it was the most simple simultaneous equations ever. Yeah. And that was like the whole semester. Mhm. You know, so man, that, you, did you get a refund on the on the tuition fees for that course or a, a discount wish. at least? <laughs> But you know, I got so going back to the SATs because I got such an outrageous score mm-hmm. in the US at least. Mm-hmm. Like at Kenya, in Kenya, I didn't think it was really. I thought shit, twenty ten was it twenty nineteen? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He was just like, "That's Kawida." Yeah, and then you come here and people have like thirteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So when they see 2010 you're like oh shit what is smart mm-hmm. scholarship mm-hmm. so and literally that's how I got my scholarship is my SAT is comparative to people here yeah was a way higher yeah and so they reward that 
you get the scholarships. I got a full scholarship to go to undergrad. Wow, so that's tuition fees, or does that also cover accommodation or just tuition? Housing, food, books, everything. Wow, Mm. that's awesome. If they could buy me a car, they would have bought it for me. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There you go. And you know, Victor, for me, um, for someone who, like, I I did it for four, then transferred to GCE, and then came to Canada, which is not a, it's not a GC system, but, you know, due to the British influence, it's very similar. Um, and, and, and also the Canadian system kind of has a, some, some aspects of an American system to it. Um, Mm. so for me, one thing I've always, uh, felt and believed and seen even from other people's testimonies is 844 is just a, a rigorous curriculum that really, uh, what I can say is it instills, uh, the disciplines it instills uh, really prepare you to, you know, they make other systems seem easier, you know, yeah. like the British yeah. and the, you know, and like for me, first year uni, I mean, when I left 844, I went to a GC school, all levels. Um, mm-hmm. I, I barely remember studying grade nine and 10. It's only nine, grade yeah. 11, where I was like, okay, now I want to I wanna take this grade from a B average to an A. I want to see like my first solid uh, round of A's so you know then I study mm-hmm. um, and then you know finishing O levels did very well going to A levels you have that study discipline already you know it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's easy as well and then coming to yeah. uni my first year I didn't even study for first year really I, I didn't really study I only studied last minute right before the exam you know yeah. um, at least I had that discipline right at least right before the mm-hmm. exam I'll study you know at least I wasn't totally you know <laughs> Yeah, walking in, like, just yeah. winging it. Yeah. I, I wasn't just winging it. You know, at least I'll wait till the last day, you know. So, you yeah. know, I found first year just, it was simple. But I barely passed. And that was a humbling experience. I barely passed. And that's when I realized, hey, okay, now I need to study for second year, right? Mm. So so would you say yeah. the same? Like, for you, uh, graduating summa cum laude, um, you know, it's would you... Would it be right in saying it was it didn't take that great of an effort because of you know the disciplines you already had having started in Kenya? Mm. Yeah, I would say the discipline, you know, you already come in with that. Mm-hmm. If you get any kind of good grade in KCSE, then you know what it takes to, mm-hmm. you know, get that. So if you apply that here, mm-hmm. um, then you're bound to like pass pretty highly mm. i think for me the thing that scared me was like an a is 93 mm. so coming in you're just like will i ever I get to this, yeah. yeah i need i need to be on point properly yeah um and then it's only later on that i discovered okay this 93 is not hard enough to get yeah it's not that hard to get yeah but um you've already continued that same study pattern mm-hmm. And so you, you do enough just to maintain at that point. Yeah. You know how to study enough to maintain whatever A or A minus average. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, th- th- that right. was kind of my experience here. Mm-hmm. Nice. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing, you know, on the, on the academic uh, part of your experience, you know, in your undergrad. You know, I want to touch yeah. now on the non-academic part of, you know, living in, uh, in South Carolina, 
um, I'm assuming that's where you lived. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, because that's the state, uh, and you were going to school there. So t- tell us what yeah. that was like for you, coming from Kenya, um, South, living in South Carolina, where you are living on campus. And what was campus life like for a, a Kenyan? Is there a Kenyan, a strong Kenyan community out there? Mm, no. Mm. So there, there wasn't. And South Carolina, where schools tend to be in, especially in the States, they tend to be like in shags. Um, so there's really nothing out there. Like the school builds mm-hmm. the city. Yeah. Every school I've been to, the school built the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Just acres upon Virginia acres, Tech. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Virginia Tech is the same thing. Like the city doesn't exist without mm-hmm. Virginia Tech being there. Um, mm-hmm. Or everything revolves around the school. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a shags experience almost where you like go there, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you're with folks from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Coming from uh, a guy who lived in Kiambu at a point, uh, you know, talking yeah. about a shag's experience, it must have been real. <laughs> it must have been. I mean, you know, when when I moved here initially, I, I lived in West East, so, yeah, you know, that's the epicenter. Yeah. You know, so you're like, you're like, if you live in Nairobi, you're a city kid. Right? You are, yeah, yeah. And then you come out here, like, you can imagine the just one row one street alone mm-hmm. in west he has more clubs than the entire 10 cities mm-hmm. near me in south carolina right yeah mm-hmm. so you you go in you're like Oof, yeah this is a drag yeah you know so then you're forced to hang out with people you know mm-hmm. house parties become a thing or fraternity parties become a thing mm-hmm. And you were probably like, man, know, this 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 place, uh, it never gets to Friday. It goes Thursday, Sunday. And <laughs> Nothing you know, changes. <laughs> no, but you know, it wasn't so bad. Like yeah. the campus life was vibrant, and mm-hmm. there was always something going on, and um, so it, it was cool. But like in the summertime, I enjoyed going home. Mm-hmm. I bet because like you're like oh, finally back in the city, back mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. you know shit, back in traffic, back in something. You yeah. Know? Um, so, but you know, for studies, sure, it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not every night that something is popping off in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not happening, it's not happening. So you either like playing video games where you might do homework, or so it's okay for studying. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was kind of, it took some kind of getting used to, um, but like I said, I went to a historically black school, so there weren't many Kenyans, but everyone was black and the African-American community. Would you say, they just, just to you, clarify, sorry, would you say everyone was actually like uh, black or was there at least some diversity? Oh. I would say nine and a half out of ten people yeah. was black. Okay. In okay. the school. That paints a picture yeah. of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we had a few Hispanic people, very few white people. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, sure. Like it wasn't super diverse, but mm-hmm. I don't mind it because I didn't feel like like you don't feel like a minority. Yeah. And 
in the in the US like that's a big thing they like, try to paint you like oh you know you're a minority mm-hmm. and be like everyone looks like me in school so you're like you don't think about that that's a really uh, yeah. yeah that's a different <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me i've never heard of uh, someone that i know of being to such a school um yeah where it's a you know historically black school and although i've heard of them um so yeah. hearing it from your experience yeah that's a uh, that's something solid because it is something to to consider it actually at least yeah. since your time in uni and around towards you know my time like when i was applying as well diversity wasn't something i really considered although what i considered was um culture and i was like somewhere like yeah. vancouver it's a it's a international culture you know because kenya mm-hmm. kenya is really an international culture because you know mm-hmm. i went to school with you know uh, people who are white, people who are like, you know, brown, Indian, you know, mm-hmm. Arab, uh, Asian, yeah. you know, it, there, there was that internationalness to Kenya. So I was like, you know, I want to go somewhere where it's like a, a crackpot of diversity, right? Um, mm-hmm. But now it, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I want to go to a school that, you know, I'll feel well represented. Um, yeah. But nowadays, that's a thing definitely to consider for some people. Um, especially since you've been there, I'm sure a, a lot of culturally the U.S. has uh, gone through some stuff, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would say like, sure, it's not as diverse, but they it's like an easy landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on how how you view also like African Americans or Black Americans as we mm-hmm. call them at home, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you think they're like lazy, stupid, don't work hard or whatever, mm. that stereotype, mm-hmm. um, sure, maybe you won't enjoy it, but uh, that's not the case for many of them, right? Yeah. It's just what we're told. But then, yeah, as we say at home, vertical ground need different. So you, mm-hmm. you land on the ground mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, these people are really not like that. Yeah. They work hard and they do shit. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, twice as hardworking as everyone else because of the disadvantages of being black out here. So mm-hmm. um, everyone's properly grinding, everyone's properly yeah. studying and whatever. And yeah. because they know, like, you know, things are not always fair when you're um, darker skinned. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as soon as. I came here, I kind of learned that, um, and then it also builds your, um, I guess, I don't want to call it ambition, but like your work ethic. Mm-hmm. I think in the States we have a crazy high like work ethic, mm-hmm. almost to a fault, yeah. Um, like here it's, you know, yeah, you work 15 hours. Mm. Good for you. You're hard working. Yeah. You know, at home, if I was working 15 hours, I'd like, hey, Yeah. Mm? Are they forcing you? Yeah, are they forcing you? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong you with you? killed there. Mm? Yeah. You need to quit. Yeah. They're like, are you normal? Yeah, people wear like a badge of honor or some shit. Yeah. Which also I feel like my job now, I feel like, you know, people wear that as, oh, yeah, I did 16 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when people are emailing me on Saturday, I'm like, 
bro, yeah. you live in New York. In the air, yeah. You, you should have a life. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I can cuz you're you're in a very uh, I'd say fast pace, uh competitive yeah. uh cutthroat kind of like industry where yeah. right? So so it's like it's uh one of those unwritten um things that people think is expected even mm-hmm. even if it's never explicitly said you know some people think yeah. that's the way to climb the ladder is uh to to just put in long hours but working a lot doesn't equal working hard or working yeah. smart so yeah for sure mm-hmm. um but also like like i initially said sometimes when you go to these super diverse schools mm-hmm. based on your friend group you can be um lulled into thinking that we're all equal and what i do and what james does and what daekwon does if we all do the same work we'll get the same results mm-hmm. in the real world out here at least it's very different you know if you're if james is white daekwon is black and you're black and or daekwon or mohammed is arab like he will do half the work mm-hmm and you will get the same praise or results mm-hmm. that you will get um for doing double and so mm-hmm. when you are around more people who have grown up through that because coming from Kenya you don't have that mindset you yeah. don't care we just don't mm-hmm. so when you come here when you're around people i mean it has its negatives mm-hmm. but it's also the reality here if you want to stay longer term and maybe to a small extent in Canada mm. right yeah. that you you need you can't do the same amount as your counterpart who is white you need to do a bit more mm-hmm. at all times just to get the same result mm-hmm. unless you like in a completely black company yeah then like okay fine now we can do everything on merit or yeah on other things but mm. that is still the reality of the US mm. right on yeah because you know that's <clears throat> that's something that uh you know people who um who've spent their whole lives in Kenya and then they move to the US not even for school but even just to go straight into the uh professional uh, their professional careers um that some of the things you never get to know until you get there and uh, a lot yeah. of people you know say you know that culture difference it, it makes or breaks you really it's not for yeah. everyone you know um so you know and 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 I'd love to get into that so like victor now you you know you you did your undergrad in um south carolina then you went back to kenya you know um and you spent some time in kenya like you said uh, you worked at uh, safaricom um yeah so you know what, what what was that like for you when you were and then you did your masters when you were in your undergrad um what was your vision at that point um like did you were you thinking i'm going to kenya now uh permanently um had you had any thoughts of well one day i'll come back to the states or what was that process like for um for me i think i was done with the us mm. after undergrad mm. So I was going home forever. Yeah. I was never coming back. Mm. Um I guess I'd over-romanticized my life at home. Mm. Um until I got there and lived it. Then you realize that 
there are some still some merits in going back mm-hmm. um early on in your career later on in your career once you've made that cv it makes sense to go back mm-hmm. but early on in your career it is you're better off even from an earnings perspective mm-hmm. um pursuing you know work wherever you go to school mm-hmm. um if it's abroad if it's here if it's canada mm-hmm. i know the uk is a lot tougher australia mm-hmm. um maybe not so much asia mm-hmm. singapore's of the world um you you're better off starting the early career because you you learn a lot more um and then you earn a lot more mm-hmm. comparatively and then when you go back home you have you have international clout mm-hmm. just something that we all know is there yeah uh, we are meant to cast you you know maju maju meant mm-hmm. to maju mm-hmm. uh, so you've come with some knowledge so and that that, that will propel you it makes a difference um, from your because yeah, <clears throat> you're someone who's gone back and seen it uh for someone who's yeah. never gone and tried working there it's I, i can't speak to that for example but you've gone back and these are stories we've always heard it's a it's an idea that's always been told um you know and you know one thing i say like the difference between our generation and like for example my parents generation is um mm. my parents generation is like the reverse it's like you know you spend your time in kenya then the ones who always wanted to go abroad they go at the later part of their careers to settle there permanently but us yeah. we who we go to school here we always have that ambition that we want to go back to kenya to settle there so yeah. so for you um you know you you've seen that there's that clout that comes with you know studying abroad when you yeah. to an employer in kenya eh? yeah yeah it's there and i mean to be frank the lifestyle in kenya is a lot better if you have money than if you don't so if you absolutely at some point in your career when those earnings even out mm. it doesn't make sense to be here mm-hmm. like go home if you can right yeah you know go buy your house and Lovington or whatever and have your driver and your have your kids go to private school to it's struggle, still yeah. so much cheaper right yeah, start the cycle again and then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then have your kids be Kenyans like you don't have your kids be American Kenyans yeah. that shit is lame mm. you know um have them have that authentic like you know go there go to school there like just like you did and then when they're ready to go to like university then have them mm-hmm. follow the same path go out mm-hmm. experience experience then later on um move back but like early career like where I mean, I am now where you are now mm-hmm. it makes little sense to at least from a broad scale to be back at home mm-hmm. Yeah and yeah. for me as well one thing i can definitely say the ultimate decider i mean facts man it's just the cash yeah. you're just paid a lot oh, better yeah. i mean yeah yeah like yeah you know, what good are you to your country your family you know if mm-hmm. uh, you can't even support yourself so you exactly know, um, i do from my own experience and from the experience of some of my friends i do know there's that challenge of you study abroad 
and then uh, you go back to Kenya, you know, you expect the cloud to work for you, the connections here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, Tarmac, which is what it, it's known as yeah. when you, you're just searching for, jo- for a job for a year, two years, uh, three yeah. years. At this time, you know, you're kind of like reaching that expiry date of being hot in the mm-hmm. country where you study. In the market. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, as, as opposed to having like, you know, stayed longer. But, you know, there's that um, familial uh, kind of uh, value of being back in Kenya. Of course, you're with family. Um, yeah. It's tough. It's tough to be away from your family, absolutely, your friends, mm-hmm. that lifestyle, you know, it's tough. Um, but I've always thought, you know, like when you look at like the annual uh, GDP of Kenya, you see how yeah. much the diaspora contributes, you know, and it starts to make sense. A lot of people, you yeah. know, they're doing it for their family, for their community. You're, you're, you're in the diaspora. You're sending cash home, and it makes a yeah. huge difference, right? So, uh, yeah. Um, so I definitely see that, and you know, so so Victor, if I can get from you now, um, so now you're back home, and you mentioned that okay, you you wanted to get back to working in the states, and the door uh, to enter that door, you figured. Uh, the best approach for you was to get a master's. So was that your main uh, incentive for getting a master's? Um, a master's yeah. Rather? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, it was, you know, to come back. I already have an undergraduate degree, but I've worked in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, yeah, I did M-Pesa, right? Mm. That's cool. Yeah. It doesn't hold the same. They'd rather hire someone from here. So... Like, how do you get back and be as competitive as someone local? Mm. Go do your master's. So um, that was the thought process. And then picking the school and the program Mm -hmm. is equally as important. So, like, yeah, if you want to go do an MBA, go do it at Wharton or whatever. Stanford, right? Don't go to University of Idaho. But, like, that won't... It will still be an MBA to someone, yes, mm-hmm. but the kind of employer that's recruiting from there is not the same person that's recruiting from the bigger programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that um, the kind the school you go to also depends on what doors open to you. Mm-hmm. So it does um, make a difference that uh, <clears throat> the cloud, the name of the school, uh, carries it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if you apply, you don't get in once. Shit, you just apply again. You can always get in eventually, especially in master's programs. Like, you, I've seen many guys just, just do different things. Oh, I'm going to, you know, London School of Economics now. Not that they had, like, amazing undergraduate scores. Or they worked at the top investment bank at home. No, they just keep trying. And then when you eventually get in, like then the doors will open up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so some it takes three years. I know a guy who went to Harvard. He said he applied five times. Yeah, mm-hmm. he got in on the fifth try. So he's a Kenyan guy. He also went to Strat. Yeah, um, I love that. So, <clears throat> I love that resilience, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Five tries. That's what I like. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. you know now he's wherever he's working, big consulting firm, um, a bunch, a buddy of mine, Meshak. Also went to Strath, you know, he came, he went to Duke, did his MBA there. I think it was a big job in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. But if he just went to 
some school in the middle of nowhere, that MBA doesn't hold the same clout to get you into that same door. Yeah. You know, so like the place he's working at now, they are applying for his visa for him. Mm-hmm. But if he was somewhere else, he wouldn't have that door open. Mm-hmm. And even if it, that door is open, then they're not trying to pay 20 grand for you to get an H1B visa so you can stay yeah. here five years. Yeah. So it depends also on where you want to, um, where you want, which doors you want to open. To. Mm-hmm. So like these online schools, waste of cash mm-hmm. like you want to go to like a known school to a known program because that's where the known employers that are willing to mm-hmm. transform you to be here legally mm-hmm. are recruiting from those are the guys who are applying for h1b's getting you a green card getting you citizenship like mm-hmm. that's where they're recruiting from these other employers will just, they want to hire you, but it's up to you to figure out your immigration status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That bargaining chip. That's, and you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's definitely something that, you know, to, to make a note of is, you know, um, the quality of your master's matters. And quality has nothing to do with the academic curriculum. It has everything to do no. with the, the name of the school. No. And, you know, like yeah. Victor, like, you're saying is, you know, you have to have that foresight of what am I going to do with this master's? Am I going to, you know, is there a specific uh, industry I'm trying to work in? Um, is there a specific reputation of this university in that industry? Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and using that to choose, you know, what to study, um, rather where to study, you know, yeah. the what is not even as important as the where, right? And yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, we're like, is that fair? Well, who yeah. knows? No. But yeah. <laughs> in the world we live in, yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. You know? It is. Yeah. So yeah. you pay forty thousand dollars for a master's and and you know, actually if you don't mind me asking, how much is a master's program? Because and then that's something else maybe we can touch on. An undergrad, correct me if I'm wrong, in the States is for an international student. You you got yours uh, your scholarships. I don't know if you ever saw a uh, an invoice <laughs> or anything of how much yeah total total scholarship was worth like a hundred and fifteen thousand usd and that's for four years eh yeah that's for four yeah, years so uh, thirty thousand so, average a year hey us yeah that's yeah mm-hmm. just a little over like eleven and a half mil mm-hmm. in kenya shillings yeah which um quite a bit of cash right it is yeah and then masters are usually a, a bit more expensive on the yearly so like mine the school paid for most of it mm-hmm. but it was still like about 30 30,000 and that's because mm-hmm. the school is also like the Virginia State School so like it's publicly um publicly funded mm-hmm. so they can afford to be cheaper yeah um but like my i'll give an example of my sister she's going to cornell mm-hmm. and the one-year program is 90k Ooh. wow yeah uh, that is us dollars by the way just, just yeah. in case you thought he meant uh, kenya shillings yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. so you know but you know she's going to hopefully come out of cornell in one year and we 
making it's a return on investment right because Mm -hmm. that school has a lot of clout and uh, yeah. I'm sure that's uh, the number one. I actually applied to Cornell. Cornell is one of those schools I applied to um, mm-hmm. without an SAT. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking, um, you know, uh, I, I'm a special guy. You're special. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. I got something, you know. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, I have a chance. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's one of those schools. Like you said, your sister did an SAT multiple times to, you know, to, even before applying. Um but yeah. it shows well she's going there for her masters now so for her masters yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so it makes sense because yeah. she will leave there um she got scholarship for most of it mm-hmm. um not all of it yeah she'll take loans to cover the rest mm-hmm. student loans mm-hmm. but when she comes out at the end like there's a hundred percent chance she's gonna have a job yeah coming out of that school yeah. 100% chance yeah they place 100% of students that go through that program yeah um that's the, rep- that's the reputation not. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you know their average earning salaries are like crazy amounts like no one expects you to be mm-hmm. 25 back home working a corporate job making like a million and a half shillings a month right yeah um but you can do that here mm-hmm. right um, whereas at home it might take you 10 15 years you to get yeah. there but imagine if you've been earning that for 15 years compound interest mm-hmm. different stratosphere right yeah so so it's a return on investment that tuition pays itself yeah. off you know mm-hmm. um but but and you know that's one thing to also note hearing it from an, an american's experience one thing I can say about like my experience in Canada, specifically in BC, because different Canadian provinces have their own provincial laws. But you yeah. know, in BC, uh, I went to a public university, UBC, but mm-hmm. they're not they're not allowed to give scholarships uh, or um, they give entry scholarships. They don't give grants, bursaries, loans. They don't give that to international students. If it's a public university, you gotta be a you know a national or a, a resident. So for the states, yeah. you know, that's something to consider as well. It's a place where you can get, uh, the university can pretty much sponsor your whole uh, either undergraduate or master's degree. Um, wherever you're from. Mm-hmm, yeah. Wherever you're from. And, you know, that's yeah. the thing about, that's actually the funny thing about the U.S. They're actually pretty inclusive when it comes to immigrants to some extent. Because, you know, it's the it's one place as well during this COVID uh, vaccine uh, mm-hmm. era where you can yeah. just fly in an international, you're there on a temporary visa to visit, yeah. and you can get your vaccine straight up, you know. Mm-hmm. And in other mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. where even their own nationals, you know, are lining up for weeks yeah. and weeks. Um, so, you know, there's exactly. that kind of... And then there's, then there's the other angle where um, you mentioned the H-1B, and, you know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong to clarify for the audience, but the H-1B yeah. is pretty much like a work permit, which the employer... Yeah. Um, uh, it's like they sponsor you for it, right? Um, yeah. Which is like reverse roles, like where I'm from, you have to like, g- they'll give you an offer letter and everything, but you got to get your own work visa. And, uh, you know, yeah. when you go to get your work visa, you go with your offer of employment. But in mm-hmm. the States, it's like now the employer uh, is the one who's uh, liable for that process, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're so, valuable, you know, they sponsor it. If you're not, they're yeah. like Jipangi. If you're not, they're Jipangi. But, you know, mm. it costs money also. Yeah. Um, 
so they sponsor that and then eventually like you get your permanent residency if you're still the same employer they will sponsor that mm. and then all the way until you become a citizen i think that's kind of the general path mm. um to do that on your own is close to impossible mm. without like getting married to a local you say you have a higher chance of getting married to a local and getting a some some uh, naturalization the, yeah, well like yeah through naturalization <laughs> yeah yeah and then get a yeah, work but yeah yeah but that, that that process is also like super strenuous they, they want to determine if you're really in love or something mm. like that and um it's very yeah it's very difficult it's tough, and, yeah um, so i wouldn't recommend that like hey if you have to get married to stay here man yeah maybe go back and rejig that plan the other way is green card lottery or something of the sort mm-hmm. but yeah the marriage route is is not fun yeah i bet yeah yeah, yeah i bet uh, you sound yeah. pretty confident have you uh, any chance tried that route as well or no <laughs> sounds like you're no. you're giving no. genuine advice from uh, from a kenyan's no. experience this, <laughs> I mean, you know, like I went to school with a couple of Nigerian chaps who got married mm. um, while we were in university. Yeah. Like, oh, why did you do that? Like, oh, I need papers. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, but you're still in the student visa. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you know, when, it, when the time comes when I need to work, I'll have them. Yeah. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then the time came. Yeah. And then they were held hostage by these girls that they had married. Yeah. So... Oh yeah, and it shows. It shows. Yeah. It's it's a. It sounds like, without stereotyping, it's a it's a cultural. Um, I, I don't want to say cultural norm, but these these students probably um, had this idea that that's how it's done. That's that's how someone's told them. That's how it's been done, or maybe mm-hmm. you know. So and or, yeah, right. So it's like it's not or it's new or anything. It's yeah. a thing. Eh? I mean, technically, it seems like the easier route to yeah. take to get through. To um, there's probably a few people that have done it easily, mm. or have been able to dupe their way into, you know, yeah, hey, marry me, lady, yeah, or man, and then you know, mm-hmm. four years later, they have their papers, yeah, split up. Sure, yeah, if 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 you know, if you're that good at it. Mm-hmm. Good, by all means but yeah it's not the recommended yeah path i mean the united states has been a, <clears throat> a golden egg in uh, the immigration industry for a long time that's a place where i mean people have tried and i'd say the the us government uh, you know with good reason is probably one of the best <laughs> and that's why the <laughs> their the systems are so tight because they've seen yeah. it all you know and yeah. it's like you know but human beings get create more creative uh, <laughs> by the generation they always you can never close all the loopholes yeah that's right yeah 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 so you know victor what was it so now you know going to virginia what was virginia like now uh compared to you know uh, south carolina and uh what was the what was the campus like and yeah what was that like um virginia was different it was a bigger school it had bigger programs it had a lot of diversity that you've been speaking about mm-hmm. so 
Asian kids, white kids, black kids, Africans. Um, so it was a melting pot. Mm. And so it was fun, but I wouldn't say it was as fun as undergraduate for me. Um, because people gravitate to an extent to what they know. Mm. And what they know is people who look like them Yeah, many times. Um, so even if you do have like a white friend here or Asian friend there or whatever, like, um, you know, people still gravitate to what they know. Mm. I mean, I was hanging out with the Kenyan kids who were there, like one windy guy and, but he was more like my guy than, you know, some other people from Zimbabwe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's everywhere. Yeah. Um, people gravitate to what they know, who they look like, or, you know, that familiarity. Um, so it was cool, but also as a master's student, like, I didn't feel like I was too much into campus life. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just in a class at work, at home, you know, on the weekends go out of town or like enjoy playing ps still play ps mm-hmm. so you know yeah um it wasn't i didn't go so much for like the campus life and experience mm-hmm. i still had many people out there like uh, who was cool with they were doing their phd program so they were gonna be there for five years mm-hmm. so you know once in a while you'd get up with them yeah and but it wasn't anything close to what undergraduate was. Mm. Um, Would you say that's also being, because as, as an undergrad, you naturally feel like uh, this This is that, your, your behavior yep. and, and your yep. age makes sense. You know, now when you're doing a master's, mm-hmm. you feel like, you know, I'm a bit, I'm yeah, older, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blah, yeah. blah, I need to be serious yeah. with life kind of thing. <laughs> well, also the... If you're doing a master's, it's, it's one year or two years, you know you have a finite amount of time mm. to do a whole load of shit that, you know, mm. uh, master's requires. So the lack of time, and then plus I'm, I'm older, like I'm not trying to chill with these 21-year-olds mm. who are doing stupid things, mm. like, you know, your mid-20s. Like a generational difference, yeah. Whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, it was a different experience, and I was there for one year and a half. So for me, I just wanted to be in and out, yeah. Um, and then start life, Mm. and then once you start life, you're like, okay, now I can be at happy hour or whatever, yeah. Mm. Um, so and then also like in masters like being broke is not the same brokenness as undergraduate broke mm-hmm. like, you're an undergrad but we're all broke and it's cool and you know whatever yeah. and <laughs> we'll have the same struggles yeah. yay still you know like let's let's round up 20 bucks it, it, it never feels permanent when you're, when you're broke as an undergrad it never feels permanent mm-hmm. it just feels like a just a thing for now right it's a, it's a temporary situation yeah. mm. the optimism is never ending yeah. undergraduate yeah mm. um, in masters when you're broke you're like ah, 
I need to start working already. Yeah. I need to, you know, so you're always on the hustle to be out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, so you, you know, you did your masters and I guess it worked to the way you planned of getting your foot into the industry, right? Then you got your first yeah. job at PNC. Did you, um, did, what was that process like for you? Um, after you, you know, did you get the job after you graduated, then you started applying or was it more like, um, uh, you know, was it instantaneous after you graduated or what was that? No, process? it wasn't instantaneous. It took it took a while, but they were recruiting at my school, mm. um, so that was the initial introduction. Okay. Um, so they come, they recruit, and then um, kind of from there, you just build your relationship with the mm. recruiter. You might not get the first job they throw you away, but mm. they keep you in mind, and eventually, like something came up yeah. was a decent fit, and then I got that role. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. it's not instantaneous, but it was easier mm-hmm. to get um, through the school connections and everyone recruiting from the school. Yeah, that's actually yeah. something I can relate to because even me, the job I have right now, I met, mm-hmm. you know, this, the company came to recruit. So I was able to, yeah. uh, you know, have a, a personal introduction with, uh, you know, the recruiting team who actually later yeah. on were the ones who interviewed me. And because we had met at that recruitment event, um, yeah. they they remembered me. You know, I'm a hard guy to forget, obviously. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know what I mean? The complexity. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, nowadays, you know, I feel, especially during this COVID uh, era, I feel for students who have to deal with online processes because yeah. removing that personal human interaction really, uh, uh, you know, denies you points that you could have scored how i look at it yeah. you know by having recruiters come directly to you uh yeah kind of thing yeah um it's very difficult to get a job online um without knowing someone in there even here with all the jobs we have yeah. it's still difficult you it's a lot easier when you know someone inside who can even just push a cv somewhere mm-hmm and land on the right eyes mm. um, um like at goldman for example like they get more applications than harvard gets in year right mm. for a couple thousand jobs yeah um so getting your cv seeing you know i don't even know what you have to do to just push a cv mm here and then some recruiter just picks it up it feels like you just have to know someone and say yeah because i was going to ask you is there there anything you can advise such a person like maybe a a tip or trick that you you've heard or used on how to how to you know how do i say how to stand out uh in this online era Mm. i honestly i don't know how you stand out it is yeah it's difficult it's yeah. if you have a network or you know your your homies your friends mm. uh, people you went to school with mm. people you met uh, you know being in a fraternity we have like 180,000 brothers mm-hmm. you know that i can leverage around the u.s i can say hey i can jump on linkedin hey 
So you're an alpha, I'm an alpha too. And like, hey, you know, there's that immediate connection, yeah, you know. Yeah. You can skip the, ch- the chit chat, the, the small mm-hmm. talk. Eh? <laughs> yeah, small talk. And then you start talking about, hey, you know, I pledged in this. They're like, oh, you know, you exchange stories. And yeah. then that person would be more willing to be like, listen, I want this mm. this little brother of mine and to be in the best. I need him in my company. He's willing to push mm. your CV to the right people, right? Mm. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of that is the easiest way yeah. to get like a proper a proper gig. I would say that um, maybe maybe now I wouldn't have that issue so much if I decided to leave because of the badge and the series. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what Goldman Sachs, people leverage that all the time. Um, so I think that is the few companies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even getting in here, is, getting most jobs is very difficult mm. um, outside of like knowing a recruiter. Knowing a recruiter is the best one because then they can look for because they're recruiting for multiple roles and they can like, hey, you know, I think you'd be a good fit for this one. Mm. Um, knowing someone inside who will push for you. Um, but then even inside, sometimes, you know, we're like, hey, can you do this for me? And like, I wish I could, but I don't know anyone in that department, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like meeting someone, yeah, it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. So. Um, leveraging your network the same way we do at home yeah is the same way we kind of do it here yeah because i think um you know the the, the you know the, using using the words networking a network it really mm. creates too much spookiness to the whole thing this is about just you know building friendships you know mm-hmm. it, it's building friendships with people and you can still build yeah. friendships with uh professional people, uh, you know, employers, uh, people in the company, yeah. people with titles, you can still build f- friendships with them. And when you look at it yeah. like that as a thing for building friendships, then maybe Victor, you can, you know, uh, attest to this is that you got to start building that friendship from day, those friendships from day one. You never know who's yeah. the next guy who can help you open a door or connect you mm-hmm. to the person who'll open a door for you. You know, you got to, from yeah. day one, that's one thing I keep telling you know, people in university right now, and if you're in high school, even better for you. You have a lot of time to start mm-hmm. working on this. Build friendships from day one, from now. You know, just every yeah. opportunity you get, um, whether you're in your undergrad, you know, going to parties is more than just about going and getting drunk. Go there and meet yeah. people, you know. Uh, if you find them drunk, be known, be right? known show yeah. face. Yeah, show face. Um, go for yeah. all kinds of things. Join sports teams, you know, join all these clubs, activities, mm-hmm. join a fraternity. You know, it's not just a thing for white people. Um, I mean, yeah. in, in UBC, for example, I know brothers who are in fraternities uh, of, of, of uh, all kinds of, uh, with all kinds of diversity. I actually never mm-hmm. saw a fraternity that was purely or strictly one type of, you know, skin color type of people. Um, yeah. So so join those organizations, whether it's an academic one, a professional one. Um, you know, have friends, show face. That's the least you can do. 
you know, besides yeah. building your resume, you know, doing part-time work, but waiting, waiting until graduation year to start thinking of jobs, it's too late. In my opinion, yeah. it's too late. When you yeah. find yourself there, even Victor, someone who's, you know, who's been through uni, masters, working in Kenya and the US, he can tell you, he can't even think of how to help you. <laughs> At that yeah. point, it's too right. late, right? Yeah. So, so start so, these things early, eh? It, for sure, like always start early, you know, if you're an introvert, push yourself, you know, mm -hmm. to be not. Mm -hmm. um, go, go and meet other introverts. I'm sure if you're an introvert, you can spot them from yeah. a mile away as well, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, shh, shh, you know, they tend to be smart people anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, meet other introverts. Mm -hmm. If you're out there, like, if you're a man of the people, lady of the people, mm -hmm be a proper lady of the people everyone should know you mm, like yeah. oh yeah, yeah you do this you know yeah. for the good reasons famous of course, person eh? for the good reason for good reasons for the good reasons <laughs> obviously <laughs> don't be mm. known for uh... <laughs> yeah right mm. yeah mm. anyway you know not all publicity is positive don't be that yeah. guy who is known to be mm. acting a certain way but you know be that person who is like cool easier to talk to you know when i joined the fraternity like i was that guy who people came to for like, tickets yo there's there's a party somewhere You're like can you hook me up mm -hmm. bro i got you yeah don't worry. Mm -hmm. yeah oh, whatever so, so i got you don't worry you know you, yeah. you even started speaking like them a little bit yeah yeah but then later on in life they're like yo remember that party you got me into when yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't even remember. You're like, bro, I don't know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now we're just connected. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then now you'll, then after you know you've reminisced, you're like, hey, by the way, see you uh, do for me like this. And then they'll, like, they'll easily be like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, you know. Yeah. Whatever you need, you know, you looked out for me. Yeah. And, you know, they look yeah. out for you. Now they're looking out for you. And in mm -hmm. the real world, it could be a much bigger, more valuable. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, never burn any bridges in uni. Mm -hmm. You know, people date all the time. Mm -hmm. Shit, you know, and amicably, you know, and all that. Yeah. And my mom might end up being like a big boss somewhere or she's connected right. somewhere. And then you're like, yo, can you, you know, yeah. tell my brother out? Because at some point, they'll have seen some positive in you, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm hmm always leverage that you know mm. it's it's um it's easier here right mm -hmm. to it's not very especially if you go to the right school like there's certain schools that are more you know more fluent kids go to they tend to be cliquish or whatever but if you go to like regular schools or even these bigger schools with 40,000, 50,000, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's someone for everyone there, right? Yeah. So you can reinvent yourself into whatever you want, mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's just people is more important at the end of the day than anything. You leverage people, then everything else technology mm. you know 
your academics, you know, you can have that bare minimum, that acceptable. You don't have to be, you know, you can be like, yeah, hey, I got a 4.0 out of 4.0 GPA. Mm-hmm. Who knew you? No one. And, you know, what good was it? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can be like, yeah, I sacrificed a lot. 3.0, but yeah, you know, like, people know me. They yeah. knew me as a guy. You're well rounded, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was in step shop. Go mm. look me up on the internet. Cool. Mm. Then you just have the wealth mm. of people is what will push you forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. I was just uh, howling at my roommate, Ryan. Um, Yeah, Victor, man, forgive me for this, man. You know, I've I've engaged you way longer than we had planned. (laughs) Yeah, no no issue, no issue. Yeah, um, because, you know, now, you know, you've really walked us through, you know, your, uh, now your graduate experience. And, you know, now I want to get into the the final stage, which is where you're at now, Uh, your professional experience, you know, You've talked about how, like, you know, going from graduate to uh, your first job, PNC, you know, um, yeah. you got that job through, you know, direct contact with the recruiters. Um, so, you know, now you get into the industry, you're working. Um, I don't know, basic question. Were there any other Kenyans you came across at uh, PNC or? Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but, um there were like varying levels of Kenyan. So mm. there's the Kenyan that grew up here. So they're really like a first generation American. Mm. Um, the, I guess the relation tends to be a bit different, but the upbringing is somewhat the same because they had Kenyan parents. Um, then there's a Kenyan who came here for university. Um, those tend to be the, the ones that you know you can relate with nicely, and then there are some Kenyans who, and I don't want to make this a class thing, but there are some Kenyans who came up here and you know at whatever stage in their life, and they decided that they are Americans now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, those are the more difficult ones to relate to. Relate to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is PNC in Virginia? No, so PNC was in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Headquartered in Pittsburgh, mostly operates in the northeastern block of the U.S. So mm. Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, um, Ohio. And what, so what was that like? Now you've damn getting into your third uh, state in the u.s what was that like living in uh pittsburgh oh hey. pennsylvania rather. oh wait which one's uh pittsburgh is yeah. the city eh? yeah pittsburgh is the city yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. um pittsburgh is different it's cool depending on who you ask right Wiz Khalifa um, says it's cool so I, I don't know i think i believe the guy yeah <laughs> you know it's it's um so it's 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 like a very 
industrial city. That's how it came up mm. uh, back in the 40s. There was a steel mining, steel generating city. So there were like 400 steel bridges in the city alone. And the city is not even that big. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, very hilly, but it is, as a city, it's not diverse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I worked in a team of 50, there were only two black people. Mm-hmm. Let's say that only four non-white people, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not, it's not a place where like, if you come in, you want to have a career, cool. But it's not a place that if you're not seeing many people like you in more senior positions, it always means something, right? Mm-hmm. Like how committed are they to this diversity and inclusion? Mm-hmm. Thing, right? So for me, I worked there for three years, learned a lot. Um, and at that point, I was like, yeah, I need, I need to be out because it's also like the second rainiest city in the U.S. after Seattle. So it rains mm. a whole bunch of, a whole lot. And then it snows a whole lot too. <clears throat> so when you couple rain with the snow, the entire year there's some form of precipitation outside or it's gloomy um so i just didn't enjoy the weather because you can't enjoy outside too much like oh you're outside yeah it's raining okay and then as a result of the weather like the roads weren't great and so um yeah i just decided i wanted to be in a different city than girl I was dating lived in Delaware so we used to have to drive five hours it was not fun now we both live in Dallas so mm-hmm. um, much better but um, that's more of your weather yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> listen there's sun more days than there's not and that's mm. the way I like it yeah Pittsburgh, there was rained more days than there wasn't. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, that plays a part. And then, Makes a difference, yeah. you know, Dallas just has everything, everything. There's so many people here from all over the place. The largest Kenyan population in the U.S., I feel like, is in Dallas. The churches you go to and it's swa only. is oh, yeah, yeah. restaurants where you just go and grab a Tusca and stuff and... Mm-hmm. But like this is sometimes you can be homesick and then you can just go to like a little corner somewhere and like who would have thought the girl who sat next to me at work is a Kenyan girl, you know, same tribe. Sometimes we even rap in Luo and we don't want our coworkers to understand what we're saying. <laughs> never would have happened in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. I will not say never, but it was highly unlikely. Yeah. But you know, down here, like day one, you know, mm-hmm. already with her, like we're already hanging out. Um, the like the my network of people that I know and hang out with here has grown so much quicker than it did grow mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, just because of like um, there's just so many people like me here yeah either kenyans immigrants or whatever and, mm-hmm. you know they just there's just so much mm-hmm. um 
options, right? Yeah. And so when you come from a place with limited options, everyone is kind of forced to do the same thing. Mm. Here, there's just so many options, so it's really cool. Mm. But not to say that Pittsburgh is a bad city, it's... There's some people who would enjoy it. Yeah. True, true. There's there's something for everyone in the world, eh? I mean, yeah. if, uh, if you're someone who is just not happy anywhere, I mean, you got yeah. different issues. But you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't help there, right? From and I can imagine even the states. Fifty, I'm not gonna uh, fool. Uh, sound like a fool. Fifty something states in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, there's gotta yeah. be something for you know for, for to the, yeah meet your palate. You 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 know your taste buds. Yeah. So, but from what yeah. I've heard, um, you know, you say Dallas is pretty much uh the one place I've heard someone saying, yeah, there's a huge Kenyan community here. So, you know, that's really good um, for people who yeah. are looking for that kind of like, uh, you know, close to home, you know, mm-hmm. relatively. That's a, that's one place to be, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's a bit different from like other places that have a heavy Kenyan population where yeah. like, I think Maryland is another one, but they're like not so much in the professional kind of realm. They do other things here, like. Yeah, you're going to meet them at work mm-hmm. or, you know, you're going to meet them in professional settings and it's going to be nice because if, you know, if they're older than you, they're giving you that playbook, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, do this, do this. And then a lot of them have been here for like 20 years, mm-hmm. which is unusual because people in the States move all the time. Mm-hmm. Move forward. So if you find people that have been in a certain place for a long period of time, mm-hmm. The stability within the city, the stability within, you know, whatever network or friend group or family they have here and they're welcoming. And then, and then the weather is just nice. Yeah. Mm. Nice, nice. And so, like, you know, Dallas, you moved there to work now with Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was that like? Uh, pivoting from uh, PNC. Uh, which is a commercial bank to Goldman, which yeah. uh, is um, I don't even know, but it's in the yeah, banking industry. Bank. Right? Yeah, it's investment. Investment yeah. banking. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? How yeah. did you get that job? Um, as far uh, besides being overqualified for it, obviously, but uh, yeah, what was that yeah, process yeah. like? Um, my roommate in Pittsburgh moved to Goldman. Mm. Uh, first, and he got someone to refer him, and so I was like, "Bro, whenever you get there, let me know. Mm-hmm. Like, I need that same referral." Mm-hmm. So, by stroke of luck, he was working with a team that needed someone, um, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "So you told the guy, like, yeah, yeah, my friend, great fit." So then he hands the guy this, my CV. I'm like, sure, we'll interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I had him like on the side, just coaching me through the interview process. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, they have the standards you must meet and everything, mm-hmm. background check. And um, I was fortunate enough to make it. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I got here today but also like you know met him in Pittsburgh randomly mm. we were just chilling at like one of these black people meet 
um, hangouts and like same fraternity okay you know yeah. just linked up like that and then you know just keep in touch you start hanging out yeah whatever you're like all right these this is a guy who's like super ambitious whatever mm. um ended up like moving into my house right before he moved to goldman because he needed like a temporary a small time he needed to stay somewhere mm-hmm. between his lease ending and him moving yeah I like bro come through i have another room came through stayed there for like three months you know it's like i was like don't even worry about paying rent yeah and he's like yeah, yeah don't worry i'll pay it forward right and then then you're like whatever yeah and then here we are today like you know i love it man do not burn bridges you never know who, right. who you know who will have you back one day when you need it right yeah. so be nice yeah. to everyone right exactly yeah. and it's not like one of my guys who like i used to talk to every day or yeah. anything but you know yeah he just thought of me like hey you do this you know yeah. um it's um I mean he's also like fraternity guy so mm. um the brother who does yeah, just easy levels yeah, of yeah, yeah. multiple yeah you know levels. like you exactly like you, you know the benefits to joining mm. beyond just like what you see on TV yes it, what you see on TV to an extent is the reality just the debauchery that you know the savage yeah, yeah there's more to yeah, it than course. that Yeah. There's more to it than that because that ends at uni. But you know, the whatever relationships you built then mm-hmm. don't end when uni ends. Yeah. So as you continue into life and you start doing other things, still remains your fraternity brother, right? Mm. Your sorority sister. Um and so like if they're doing something like they're going to think of you first before yeah. anything because you know they've been through crazy things with you and you me or whatever mm-hmm. so um this definitely merits i can't um recommend it enough yeah. you know i won't speak on the hazing or whatever mm. I'll let other people experience it yeah but um it's worth it yeah it's not a generalized experience is what you're saying you know it's no, it's, it's even for everyone from your experience you would recommend at least uh the one that you went into and uh the you know it doesn't have to be the one i went into yeah. it can be any yeah. like whatever is in the school that you are in yeah shoot for it yeah. you know just read read their the sort of like resumes each one of them mm-hmm. has their own like you know resume of what mm-hmm. it's about right so yeah yeah or go to the one where the people feel most like you yeah if you're a guy of um or a girl of you know proper partying but the one where they party the best yeah mm. <laughs> they, they, they do it proper like there's no there's no fault in saying these things sometimes yeah. like yeah go party as hard as you can yeah mm. yeah don't leave anything on the table by the time you're done exactly finished it those all those memories yeah. will remain yeah and you'll just be like we did that and that's mm. that's definitely good advice for uni, uni. don't ever graduate 
saying I shoulda, woulda, coulda, I wish yeah. this and that. Just no. Do what you need to do. No. But you because you want to do it in masters. Yeah. I can assure you. And yeah, it's not the same. There's no other time to do it after that, right? There's n- yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no other time. Yeah. Yeah, I understand people are broke, but that's the best time to get it all out yeah. there, you know. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I say. If you if you've never experienced brokenness, be mm-hmm. broke in uni. That's a safe environment be to be broke. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? To be homeless. Exactly. To be mm-hmm. you know uh, stranded. That, those kind of experiences. Yeah. That's that's a nice cradle to to have. That you know, it's there's st- there's always a safety net when you're a student. But once you, yeah. as an international person, when you lose that student status, uh, a lot of things change. Um, yeah, a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And people are willing to do a lot for you as a student. Yeah. Um, versus like, hey, you know, after you graduate, you can just go and live with someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, when you're in uni, you can, hey, yeah, I'm a student. Yeah. Can I come crash with you? Yeah. For like six months. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. After uni, you're like, hey, Mze, yeah. when are you getting this job? Hey. Eh? hey. <laughs> <laughs> Like a boss, man. When are you leaving? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, yeah. Right on, man. Right on. I mean, Victor, man, coming up to two hours. This one's this episode. We're definitely gonna split it in half and have a part one and two. Yeah. Um, because this is no. this is good stuff. And uh, you know, now that now that we're you know we're wrapping up now, I think we've gone through uh you know from your days in Saints, uh mm-hmm. primary school all the way to now. It's been a solid uh, twenty. I'd say twenty four years, twenty something years, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. When did I do anything? I pretty much I know which year you were born, but you know I don't wanna uh, call you out. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, just leave that out. Just leave that out. Surprise the audience how young you actually are, eh? (laughs) You know. (laughs) But you know, now that you're at this point in life, you're looking back. You know, um, what can you? You've you've definitely shared advice. And, you know, is there anything uh, that stands out for you that you'd like to share with the audience? Let's say uh, listeners who are in high school and uh, even those in uni, uh, those in Kenya, you know, are there any uh, parting words of advice you'd like to share? Um, I mean, for those kind of coming up in high school, like, you know, the, I guess the, 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 what I would say is, you know, it's not, don't be afraid to be like overly in the clouds with your ambitions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, if you want to date Vanessa Hudgens yeah. and that's your goal in uni, it's valid. Do it. Yeah, yeah. You might not reach there, but you, whatever will come from there yeah. will be like a whole Still bunch a of yeah, good yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Have a target. Yeah. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Preferably a target and you can the, hit, but even the ones you can't hit, it's at least. Even the one that you can't hit, <laughs> exactly. well, you yeah, know, yeah. if you don't land there, it might land you in other proper situations That's that true. You, know, you can take care of. Mm. And then, you know, once you um, reach like kind of post-uni into more work life, then you need to be more deliberate about the moves you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, every move you make, you're like, where is this going to put me? Mm-hmm. Um, in three years or in five years, yeah. you know, when I was coming here, for example, I had a different job offer that offered me X amount more that 
you know, if I give you the figure, you'd be like, so why did you even come to Goldman? Right? Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, in five years, I'm going to be in Goldman Sachs X whatever, right? Mm. If I want to move, I can go to Amazon or whatever, Google. Mm more easily than I can move from this company mm-hmm. to those. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be deliberate about the moves you make. Mm-hmm. You can't just wing it anymore. Yeah. Um, pays to have a plan. There's always plan A, plan B, plan C. Mm-hmm. Uh, be flexible. Uh, don't be impatient. You know, mm-hmm. those basic generic things, but like, Sometimes you're like, I'm impatient to be a millionaire. I need to yeah. happen now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that can push people to, you know, the wrong direction. Yeah, mm. they get quick schemes, what, what, what. You know, if you under invest, you know, there's nothing wrong with the generic investing. Mm. Buy a house, buy real estate, buy the stock market. Like over time, not even over time, like over four years, we've just seen like it works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that patience, and then there's also like in uni, enjoy it properly, right? Mm-hmm. Don't leave anything on the table, don't you know, w- without like dying or whatever, you know, you still have to get good, decent grades yeah. and stuff, but. Yeah, don't probably join all the groups you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're coming from Kenya, don't like stick with the Kenyans. Just you know, explore properly, visit the states properly, go everywhere you can, mm-hmm. study abroad. Something my folks is saying, yeah, but you're already abroad. I'm like, yeah, but still, you know, I can go more abroad. Yeah do those things. My sister studied abroad in France and mm-hmm. in UK and she came back and I was like, damn, I should have done that. Mm. I mean, I don't have regrets. I still feel like I did uni properly. But, yeah. Um, enjoy it. That's the only time you can probably enjoy it mm-hmm. um, without responsibilities. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those those are kind of the main the main kind of pieces. When you reach diff- different stages in your life, you mm. have to be more um, kind of deliberate. In uni, not so much. You know, like you can do X, Y, Z, but you know, mm. keep yourself afloat. You have to know where you want to go. But as you get into the work world. Then you have to understand, you have to have goals and you know set those goals and more so personal than even like mm-hmm. more so personal and professional like always put yourself in the or try to put yourself in the best position to you know keep advancing. Sometimes it means taking one step back and then reversing and going to the corner. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we have it. That's that sounds like wisdom to me. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. wisdom. I'm glad. I, I, I came to learn. You know, uh, there's knowledge, there's understanding, and there's wisdom. And uh, 
to have wisdom, you need knowledge and understanding. And understanding. And then you apply it. It's not wisdom until you apply it. So, you know, you can be told, you can be given all kinds of advice until you apply it. You know, you, you haven't experienced that wisdom. So, you know, you've heard it from someone who's been there. He's done that. And, uh, I mean, I vouch for this guy. That's the only reason I'm, I'm interviewing him is that this guy checks the box when it comes to, you know, success. Take, this is someone who is qualified to give uh, someone younger advice on how to, you know, what kind of decisions uh, and what kind of path to take in life. So, Victor, thank you. Thank you so much, my brother. Um, Thanks for having me. It's it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. And you get believe it or not, I can still go another two hours because there's no way we can, you know, talk about your whole life in yeah. two hours. So in two hours, let alone really, one hour. Yeah. So you know, um, thank you for being patient uh, for hanging out with us. And uh, you know what, I'm pretty certain. Uh, you know, you, you given your availability, uh, yeah, we'll do another. You know. Always glad to come. Remix on. of the of the interview, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Victor, and uh, you know, that's another episode of uh, a Kenyan's Experience, the podcast, and uh, you know, we're gonna post this up. We're gonna get some feedback from our listeners. If we have any questions, I will direct them to you, Victor. But uh, I yeah. think uh, some parting words is, you know, if the audience is trying to reach you, um, you know, LinkedIn, your. You, you're on LinkedIn. They can find you yeah. there. Eh? You can find me there. Um, mm. I try to respond to any and everyone. You never know That's what true. comes through LinkedIn, especially. Uh, I take that more seriously than uh, IG DMs. Mm. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, IG DMs, nothing wrong with the IG DMs right. either. Yeah, they're serious too, but this, mm. this one's a uh, yeah. different seriousness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't sleep on IG DMs also. You know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm protecting you. That's why I'm like, you. You know, I'm telling them they can only find you on LinkedIn to, you know, to protect. Ah, you I like it. I like it. I like it. You're smart, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I relate. I relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. All right, mm. brother. All right. So, All right. Yeah. Thanks. Eddie. Have a good evening, and uh, we will keep up and uh, catch up again. Eh? Yeah, you too. Take care, brother. Hey guys, welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone at any point in their academic or career path, from high schoolers to university students to industry professionals and even those looking to pivot later in their careers. On this podcast, we ask the questions you wish you had before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in for a once-weekly episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience.